Hey everybody and welcome to Simply Social. It's been a long time since we've uh, been on the air, but I am Kevin Shively and sitting alongside Lucy Hits. Lucy, what's going on? Oh, you know, just countdown to the wedding. Ooh, big, big Less stuff. Less than two months. And nice. then I will be a married woman and I can wear tank tops that say like wifey on them and necklaces that say like Ian's boo. That sounds awful. <laughs> That's what marriage is all about. Mm. So how many wedding blogs do you read a day? I actually don't read wedding blogs. Pinterest? I use Pinterest as a mechanism for collecting things that I have to buy sort of like a visual to-do list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. That's a, that's a very efficient use of it. I yeah. Like that. No browsing. Yeah. And yeah. I delete when I purchase the thing or taking care of the thing. Nice. Very efficient. I'm efficient. I'm a robot of mm. marriage. <laughs> robot of marriage. Yes. Ian must love that. He does. Nice. So well, what's been going on with you? Um, well, I've been very busy. That was a question for our audience, by the way. I see you every day. I know oh. what's been going on with you. Oh. But let, let them know. They want to know what's going on with you, too. What is going on with me? Uh-huh. Oh, I got surprised on the trip to Alaska. Wait, is this supposed to be personal stuff? You can you it can be whatever you want. Okay, I got surprised at the trip to Alaska by my best friend and our wedding officiant, and that's where I was this past weekend, and that was amazing. I saw the Northern Lights. I hiked up to the Mendenhall Glacier. It was really that's gorgeous. Awesome. It's took a fun lo- town. Took lots of grams. A lot of grams. A lot of Snapchats. I saw some snaps. Yeah, I didn't take that many snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When you're in Alaska, you're kind of so overcome by the natural wonder that you forget to snap. Mm. That's amazing. I know. It's amazing. Crazy world. I know. Who forgets to snap? I know. Anyway, we are here to talk <laughs> about all of the latest and greatest updates in social media, uh, all the news that's been going on over the last week, and what the the networks are up to, what you should be thinking about as a marketer, um, and you know, hopefully have some fun while we're at it. Well... Would you like to hear the first piece of news, Kevin? I am on the edge of my seat waiting for the first piece of news, Lucy. Instagram is really turbocharging its ad retargeting. Um, So today they added dynamic ads. It's a retargeting unit that Facebook launched um, on its own network a little over a year ago uh, with a different name. But it's advertising that's customized to you. You know, we all know it's basically like cookies, you know, it's mm-hmm. basically like when you go look at something at Williams-Sonoma and then you go to Facebook, you see the little image of that blender you were looking at. Yep. Um, but, you know, with this, Facebook is also rolling out two other developments, which is um, a dynamic ad unit specifically targeted at the travel sector, which is so smart. That's awesome. Because so many of the influencers and so many of the brands on there are travel brands. I know Priceline has done a lot of cool stuff on there, mm-hmm. a few really cool campaigns. and Well, as a visual network, too, it's it's just such an apt network for that. I love seeing people's travel photos on Instagram. I, I actually enjoy the ads of you know destinations mm-hmm. there are a lot of cities that promote themselves on Instagram that kind of stuff brands that are doing things like that Red Bull does a lot of stuff from all around the world it's it's fun it's a, a good way to experience other areas it's so smart and get for inspiration. Ho- yeah it's so smart for hotels too mm-hmm. especially in very hotel saturated areas like let's say you're a resort in Mexico in Ca- in Cabo like it's like literally t- 20 million you know but right. How do you set yourself apart? Like, how do you get people to picture being there in that launch in the deck chair, you know, with the margarita in a in a way that's, um, 
you know, inspires someone to buy. And so I think but what we're seeing, I think that's key, inspires someone to buy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're now getting to that next phase with Instagram where it, it's not just inspiration like keeps that image swimming around in your head. It's like to buy. Yeah. To, yeah. to you know. Well, and that's where dynamic ads are so, so valuable on that network or any network really. But that's as you're scrolling through, you want stuff that's more tailored to your interests. And as a marketer, you want to be putting your spend on the people who are going to be interested. Yeah, so that's another part of this. This is also going to, they're adding more to the lookalike custom audiences feature so that if your website you're using the tool, you can prioritize some users over others. Facebook obviously has this feature, but like now Instagram is really. Um, so explain a little more uh, in the, you know, some, some kindergarten terms what lookalike ads are. So you can sort of choose um, like what your you, – you choose a few custom audiences, I believe, mm-hmm. but you're choosing like what your ideal kind of visitor or viewer of this content yeah. would be. Yeah. Um, and, and Facebook, uh, they let you do a pretty wide variety yeah. there. I'm not sure how big Instagrams is yeah. going to be. Facebook, but you can get real specific. Yep. Yep. Um, in Facebook, you have more information, so that may be part of it. Although Instagram users are tied into the Facebook network, so they yeah. may just pull from that data. Yeah, and I think that that will come with time. I mm-hmm. mean, I think in I, in a couple years, maybe even by the end of 2016, because why the hell not? Like, you will see um, just as robust tar- retargeting features on Instagram yeah. as on Facebook. Well, and the way Instagram's growing, this is this is going to be a huge play for them. I can't I can't imagine any ad buyer who's already spending money on Instagram not wanting to dip their toes in this. Yeah, and you know, advertising is responsible for nearly all of Facebook's revenue, which was just under five billion last uh, <laughs> quarter. Last yep. quarter. Um, so just under five point four billion. Five point four billion. Yeah. So I mean, this is they clearly know where the cash cow is, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're going for that. So they're just expanding that to their other networks. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I and it's amazing how big the Facebook network is getting. Yeah. Uh, both in terms of revenue and in terms of users. I you know when you think about it, the the dynamic ads on Facebook. Uh, for example, and the retargeting ads on Facebook get me constantly. I get I get mm-hmm. nothing but uh, ads of products I was already thinking about buying. Yeah. 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 Like the ones that are like, I forget what brand it is, but it's like, did you forget about me? And it's like a <laughs> pair of like yeah. shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I didn't forget about you. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back when I get my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's interesting too is that Facebook's ads – are so quick and their retargeting is so efficient that sometimes websites can't keep up. I get Facebook retargeting ads from companies Things where, that you've bought where, it. That I've either bought it or yeah. it's out of stock now. Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah. which is frustrating, but yeah. it all, it, that speaks to the power of their retargeting. That's yeah. on the brands at that point. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I bought you already. Okay, I already spent too much money on you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't rub it in, Yeah, Facebook. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nice. Um. So, yeah, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Just a sign of things to come. Yep. Um, you know, I think this is, is this rolled out to everybody now? On Instagram? To all advertisers on Instagram? I have no idea. I would imagine no. Instagram is actually pretty good about rolling things out slowly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. So it looks like they're s- they're going to be slowly rolling this out. Oh my god! Listen to this. So Facebook says dynamic ads for travel. This is about the travel mm-hmm. sector that they're really um, working with right now, but. Dynamic ads for travel empower travel advertisers to offer hotel options to people who have shown interest in taking a trip, either by browsing hotels or searching and purchasing a flight. Wow. That's amazing. So, And they they go on to say, for example, a travel business can connect with people who viewed a hotel on their site by showing them an ad featuring the hotel they viewed along along with similar hotels. It will also extend to products beyond the one the user is browsing for. One example are hotels you might see in ads after you've booked a flight. That last part is, I think, where they're going to have the most success. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you're browsing hotels and stuff, you're probably, and you haven't bought yet, you haven't mm-hmm. booked yet, you either don't have the money right now and for some reason they ask you to pay some up front or something, or you're just considering your options. You kind of know what they are because you've, you've been browsing them. Yeah. So you know about them. Yeah. Um, so this way it would just be kind of reminding you, like, using Dynamic Ads for that would just really be reminding you, oh, yeah, I have to book a hotel. Mm. But the flight thing is where I think you'll see the most return because if you're looking for a flight, you book the flight, like, that's the next step. Yep. And if they can get you right in that small sliver of time, yeah. and you're just like, oh, fine, like, I'll just go with this one, you know? Yeah, or while you're traveling and plan on changing plans. Or, yeah. like, a lot of people are doing more spur-of-the-moment travel these days yeah. because those last-minute deals are yeah. so good with airlines, with hotels, yeah. with you know, all sorts of packages like that. Yeah. And so this is something I found really interesting. And you see these stats all over the place. But mobile accounted for 82% of Facebook's ad revenue in the first quarter. Mm. And here's here's my favorite part of that stat. So research from eMarketer says that 85% of all time spent on smartphones is spent within apps. So you're in Facebook, you're in Twitter, you're in yeah. whatever other app you're in. Yeah. That's the ad that you're seeing. You're not seeing search ads. You're not seeing display ads on other websites because you're in Facebook. Mm -hmm. So when brands can find you there Mm -hmm. or in Twitter or in Pinterest or wherever you are, Instagram, that's where they're going to get your attention if you're trying to find the next step of your trip, find a hotel for next week when you're in a different country. Yeah. It's it's such a a useful tool. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is why it's an obscene amount of money that they're making off of it. Yeah. $5.4 billion. That's crazy. I know. Well, all right. What else we got? Um, well, let's jump over to Twitter here. Um, so Twitter, th- they just uh, released some findings about um, influence- influencer uh, marketing on the network. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, this is an exclusive to Adweek, um, Twitter says, users now trust influencers nearly as much as their friends. <laughs> so that's pretty qu- crazy. Twitter says 47% of people have bought an item based on an influencer's recommendation. Yeah. So this sounds like a crazy headline, and it made me roll my eyes at first. Yeah. But when you think about it, you know, at Simply Measure, we work with some really amazing influencers, uh, and I think there's a lot of value in their expertise in their given areas, yeah. whatever their given area is. Yeah. But I also think that this statistic is a compounding factor that says yeah. a lot about how awful our friends are uh, yeah. for the most part. So th- I don't know if you saw, if you watched last week tonight, no. but this weekend John Oliver did a great bit about scientific studies and how uh, morning talk shows and the internet at large are so um, so quick to uh, 
to talk about and share studies that support their beliefs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at the very least are, are just shock worthy, just something that's going to get going to get click throughs. Yeah. Uh, and we we all love that. We love to be the one that says something that our friends are like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And so one of the interesting side effects of that is that. I don't trust things that I see from my friends. Yeah. I, I do trust things that I see from influencers because they're basing their reputation on the things that they yeah. share. They are in an uh, economy of information. They're not selling a product. They're not, you know, trying to get you to buy a service in the, for, for the most part. A lot of them do have businesses where they're consultants or whatever. But yeah. they're selling you information. They're trying to get you to listen to what they're talking about. They're trying to get you to believe in the product that they're endorsing. So their reputation is so much more important and they can't uh, support things that they don't believe in or that aren't factually backed up. It's also the cult of personality, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's what influencers really bring to the table is that they're putting human face next to your brand or your product. And, um, you know, I think the really interesting thing too about influencers is that it really starts usually organically, mm-hmm. like the influencer is someone who likes to travel and they start posting a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. it go and they blog and it goes really well and sort of it becomes this thing and then they then they start partnering with brands right. through it. It's built so there's that organic based trust off of the reputation they've built. Right. Because what they're putting out there is authentic. Right. So that's the trust. Mm-hmm. And then the brand partnership comes along. And I actually really attended a really interesting panel at South by um about these two travel YouTube influencers. They're young people, like, really on, like, you know, early 20s. And mm-hmm. I forget. Joanna is one of them. Anyway, tra- I forget. I forget. honestly forget what, it, what they are. But they're incredibly successful. And it basically started from their whole um, web series and all of their social is about traveling on the cheap. And it's just a guy and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they started this organically. They started traveling and figuring out how they could, like, couch surf and, like, take advantage mm. of, like, specials and stuff and sort of travel on a very, very small budget. Yeah. And they did this, and they got a lot of attention, and then AT&T now partners with them. Mm. But part of that, and they make videos for AT&T, trial videos mm. using mm. AT&T logo. But the value there, you know, for the audience and something that they are very careful about is, like, it is like their content. Right. Like it is not like AT&T centric. There's no AT&T mm-hmm. product in it. It's not AT&T like, you know, of course it's probably go through some approval process of like, you know, we can't have you going to like a weed house in Amsterdam right. probably right. or something. But, you know, they very much own it and it's it's not so different from when they were doing it without any sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And I think that authenticity and, like, trust is, like, very crucial. Yeah. Um, and I think that speaks to why you're getting statistics like this about people, like, trusting influencers and then going to their friends and saying, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, even the Kardashians, like, we at lunch today were talking about the recent developments, you know, which doesn't... And even when you're talking about the Kardashians in a way that's, like, rolling your eyes, like, oh, my gosh, like, you're still talking about them. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're saying, can you believe how blatant that waist trainer ad that Chloe did was, mm-hmm. you're still talking about that waist trainer, aren't you? Sure. And there's going to be someone you talk to that's going to be like, oh, actually, I am going to Cabo, and I would like my waist trained. Yeah. Um, I I think there's... 
an important distinction between and celebrities it's, it's, and influencers. Yeah, celebrities yeah. and influencers, and it's one that you're hearing about more and more. But it's still yeah. not. I wouldn't say there's a, a strict distinction between the two because yeah. they do people travel back and forth between that. But a celebrity endorsement is very different from an influencer endorsement. And I yeah. I would imagine that if you did the same study between the two, you would see a difference mm. because you may be talking about that but you're not going to trust that endorsement the same way you would somebody who's an expert in a specific area. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. But it is interesting. I think, you know, it it makes me think about all of the deserved, but all of the flack that social media has gotten for citizen journalism and the lack of journalistic integrity and how this is starting to build itself into a cottage industry that is based on that. So yeah. influencer marketing is becoming this reputable space where that's their brand. That's an influencer's brand is their reputation, their credibility in that industry. And they are held to a certain set of standards around that or should be. And I think a lot of industries are are making sure that's the case. Some are a little bit further behind, but it's definitely the trend that I see it going. Yeah. But it's interesting how quickly that's developed over the last year or two. Yeah. Uh, Influencer relationships that brands had a year ago were there wasn't a formula for it. There wasn't a standard process. There wasn't any kind of structure to it. Uh, Some of the bigger brands perhaps, but yeah, you know, for the most part it's, it's grown like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. And it's across all social networks too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then our third and final sort of tidbit here is – sorry, I have to find my what I sent you. You're really seeing the man behind the curtain here. Amazon is launching a YouTube competitor. Yeah, um, Amazon Video Direct. Nice. Um, so it's clear that this is like a, a play for YouTube mm-hmm. um, against YouTube. Uh, so and the, and specifically the YouTube Creator Program and and influencers. Yep. Um, so this program of Amazon Video Direct would uh, let creators earn money from royalties and advertising for videos they upload based on minutes streamed. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they're drawing a line in the sand that this is only for professional creators. So they're looking for high quality content there. Right, like they're trying to create. Um, like trying to be gatekeepers for themselves mm-hmm. by saying that, but I don't well, know. And I think it makes sense. They're not going to compete with YouTube off the bat. They're yeah, going to need to build that reputation first, yeah. just like we were talking about with influencers. And maybe, you know, create, you know, build yourself as a, as the niche one, as the, where, where you go for quality mm-hmm. instead of noise. Yep. You know, that's a really, um, sort you know, of interesting I like approach. The way Amazon has built their Amazon prime, uh, video library and the way they're, they're, uh, what do you call it, custom programming. That's not the right word. Original programming Mm -hmm. has started to shape up. They've got some really cool stuff going on there as well. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it's it's one of the the apps that I turn to on on my Xbox. It's that, Netflix, and Hulu. Yeah. And HBO Go, okay, Mm -hmm. and the Comcast app. Okay, so every app. I don't have a Showtime app, but like all of the TV apps, basically. I watch too much TV, don't I? But Amazon is is a a legit player now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, And so this kind of follows in the footsteps of Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, So video creators are able to choose, you know, how... Their content is viewable, like 
whether they will allow people to stream, download, rent, or buy, depending on preference. Um, you know, it seems like with this Amazon Prime, with this Amazon um, video, it, it's going to be a lot more. I don't know, just from what I've read, it seems like there's going to be a lot more ownership on the creators, um, creators part of how it's delivered and just what they can do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because. On YouTube, you put it up and that's it. Right. You know, and um, anyway, I think that's an interesting um, wrinkle mm-hmm. in it. So you can include Prime Video, no additional charge to tens of millions of Prime members if you're a creator. You can make it available as an add-on subscription or you can offer it with a one-time rental price or purchase price. Available to all Amazon customers, ad supported. Interesting about the making like the purchase is interesting that is yeah that's a big distinction Mm -hmm. and that's why you can tell it's going to be quality content i think i remember an article a couple months back about amazon working with um actual hollywood writers around this too so they're, they're really trying to get good quality programming and become an alternative to tv so i think we're talking about this as an alternative to YouTube. Right. But mm. I think they're really taking a two-pronged approach there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is going to be impactful to both. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's this is just another, another part of the migration away from TV and towards digital. Mm-hmm. Not that we're going to stop watching TV. We're slobs. Well, launch partners include... Condé Nast Entertainment, mm-hmm. How Stuff Works, Samuel Golden Films, Ooh, nice. The Guardian, Mashable, no surprise there, Mattel, Style Hall, Kim, wow. you know, I mean. Those are some good partners. I'll keep going. I mean, there are many more. Yeah. but So this is going to be branded content. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is but great. I think That's that an the, interesting opportunity. Well, but I think it'll be, I think you can um, also choose mm-hmm. to... I think it also can be individuals. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but so the analytics will be number of minutes a title was streamed, projected revenue, payment history, and number of subscribers. Okay, nice. Yeah, so fairly simple at first. But yeah. Good. Yeah. Good way to do it. Yeah. So that's all. Nice. That's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, uh, I'm Kevin at Kevin Says Things on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. I'm LL Hits um, on Twitter, and I just wrote a blog post about Lisa Frank. Mm. And you should all read it. It's so good. It's about Lisa Frank. No, it's about hot pink puppies and <laughs> and Instagram. Mm. Nice. I'm really glad that was our sign-off CTA. Yeah. So Check it out. Good. It's going to be awesome. It's all like right. the best thing I've ever written. Read about it. <laughs> You can find all the episodes of Simply Social on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, just by searching for Simply Measure.